0: Blah, I've done that bit a million times. It's going to get funnier until it's not. Uh, I am Jack, and let's go around the room and have everyone introduce themselves, because I'd say this is officially um, an Androids Dungeon... uh, (laughs) World record? World world record.
1: (laughs) World record!
0: (laughs) That's Joel echoey in the background. Uh, um, Kayla?
2: Hi, this is Kayla.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can you hear me? And (laughs) Hello.
3: Who are you? My name is Jonathan. Hello. Jonathan Fetima. Hello,
0: Jonathan Fetima. Hello. Still getting my. my it's uh, me, pudding. JJB. Ah. <laughs> and JJB. Yes, we are joined in the studio by uh, John Fetima, who is the. I uh, said Jonathan. John- nah, I changed oh. your name. Mm. Ooh, I don't mm. like Jonathan. Too formal. Jonathan Swift. Ooh. Nah. Moving on. Moving on. Uh Android Dungeon is a show about movies, music, games, board games, video games, uh the mind games we play with each other. Um we like to start off every episode by asking John. Yes. What have you been playing recently? Uh, I've been playing a fair bit of Scythe actually. Scythe. Now we've never talked about this game before no. on the what? show. What's it No. Uh, <laughs> Brand new? It's a What's it
3: about? Um well Scythe is sort of it's um I guess it'd be sort of... It's like Settlers of Catan, okay. like, turned up to 11.
0: <laughs> okay. With a whole
3: bunch of fancy drawings, and it's its very much about the, uh, the look and feel of it. It's sort of a post-apocalyptic Europe, um, and there's a lot of different moving components going on, lots of different options, so it's a heavy strategy game where you have a whole bunch of choices that you can make, and every player can do whatever they want, mm-hmm. and it's sort of a race to accumulate the most points to end the game and hopefully win the game but even that's not a guarantee so yeah yeah, it's 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 been a it's been a fun one i've wanted to play it for a bunch uh... sorry for a while and have had the time in the last couple of weeks to actually get a few games in because last year i played it once or twice but it would always be with large spans of time in between so yeah. you forget how to play because it's a fairly complex game
0: well, that's how i feel kind of like when we play concordia with uh with Joel is that I I go so long in between playing it that I forget when I finish I start thinking about strategies and things I would have done and by the Mm. time I get to play it again it's like oh (laughs) I don't remember how to do any of this stuff that's my plan (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a very sneaky way of uh, keeping that Concordia win ratio quite Mm -hmm. high um, do you own a copy of Scythe? Like I
3: do not, uh, but uh, the the fine gentleman that I am currently housing with part of the time <laughs> own a copy, <laughs> yeah. and he's he's actually
0: a huge fan of it, so yeah. we played two games of it last night even. What? You yep. played two? Alright, so give us the details on that, <coughs> because uh, anyone who the person who listens to the show uh, hmm? probably is aware that we talk about Scythe fairly often, and uh, we do get a lot of games of it, and I think the reason it comes up so often is because as far as games go it's fairly accessible it's very pretty mm-hmm. it's a type of game you can put down on a board and people will come over and ask what that is mm-hmm. if they, and even if they don't want to play it they just want to see what it is because it's very attractive um, mechanically it's it's pretty good um, but because we've talked about it so much I'm more interested in the stories coming out of it because when you play it so many times it's like the, the sort of the adventures or the meta game that develops so mm. did you play two player three player uh, it was two player both times yeah and uh they the my opponent chris
3: uh he we did a random draw and he randomly got Rusviat twice <laughs> uh so he <laughs> ultimately won <laughs> but i had i had a few interesting epiphanies during that game
0: okay regardless Alright, so before you get any further, Viet is one of the factions in Scythe, and the main thing with Roosviat, and, and I don't think it's fair playing two player with Roosviat, it's just the double action is, it can't be, it's too difficult to kind of lock down, but whatever. Um, but their thing is, they can do, in Scythe, normally you have to bounce back and forth between the areas of the board. You can never do the same thing twice, whereas with Roosviat, twice in a row. Twice in a row, excuse yeah. me. Whereas with Roosviat, you can just keep, leave your pawn on the same spot and just do it over and over again. And so they're basically designed to rush to the factory, as fish, which is a Spot in the center of the board where you get you get to expand your board and you get to do mm-hmm. even better stuff even quicker and usually better. So, uh, but what factions were you?
3: Um, the first. Uh, see, I don't remember the the names, but you you two seem. What like, color? Yeah, I, I the first game I was white. Polonia. Polonia, mm-hmm. and then the second one I was black.
0: Kayla. I know this uh, one.
2: Not Crimea. Marching. Penguins, <laughs>
0: Penguins, <laughs> yeah, I guess they're they're black and white. The, the
3: guards from Wizard of Oz, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. This the Saxony, yeah, or no, Saxony is, uh, is no, it was Saxony, yeah. But what's it called in uh, Twilight Imperium? Isn't Saxony another? Isn't a race and uh, I actually the have never played no barony one. is what I was thinking. Anyway, so you got... The Germans are a really tough one because you have to be super Mm -hmm. aggressive.
3: Yeah, well, I I realized that partway through the game and it it changed uh, the way that I was playing. And I I think I did fairly well, but in the end of that game, it just came down to uh, Chris, my opponent, getting farther up the popularity track and just cleaning up in the endgame points. If you factored that part out, it was actually a fairly close game, but then
0: just scoring at the end, he just basically lapped me. That's interesting that you got smoked on the popularity track is it didn't that happen to you last time or did you do really it was the opposite because we we all played together on saturday mm-hmm. and i think were you on the were you the only one who i was i was, the, I was the most popular yeah like the entire game that was just my goal was okay. to be popular and so the same thing happened both games with chris was that goal like, in game
3: goal. and in life <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right so you've played it probably let's say do you think half a dozen times yeah or, yeah how do you feel about Scythe overall if you had to rank it and i you don't need to give it mm-hmm. like something out of ten but let, let's give it just your general feeling, because you've played a lot of games, where would you mm-hmm. put Scythe into the mix of everything?
3: It's like personally, I'd say it's it's up in my top five yeah uh, it's definitely a a fantastic game for game lovers there's a lot there's a lot that you can really get into and a lot you can really enjoy there and there's a lot of replayability Mm-hmm. Uh, where a lot of sort of the, the more classic, lighter strategy games, like your Tickets to Ride or your Settlers of Catan, I find they, they start to feel a little stale after half a dozen or so playings. Mm. whereas Scythe can be fresh,
0: I, so far, indefinitely, as far as I've ever been able to tell. There's yeah. the neat mix of it, because the game is, for all intents and purposes, it's pretty, pretty pre-programmed, mm-hmm. except for... The opening board or the boards you get. So, the factions, if you shuffle it around and then you have the production boards, which is the the spot underneath, you can decide to pick them if you want, but I think it's more fun to play it randomly Mm -hmm. because it creates this. uh, Although, I think it it does kind of create slight imbalances because what they describe in the game is imbalanced uh, factions and production boards, whereas the game, you're trying to get money. That's your ultimate goal, just like Mm -hmm. in life. More money, the better. And popularity is pretty helpful too. And popularity helps you get money at the end of the game, just like in life. Just like in life. So, the way, the issue is that everyone has starts off in an area that has a uh, certain amount of let's say resources that you have access to easily, which means you don't have to cross any rivers or do anything wacky to get them. Just like in life. Just like in life, you don't have to swim too many no. places. Yeah. <laughs> um, the metaphor is getting stretched. No, let's keep stretching. Let's right, let's, yeah. let's let's yeah. let's snap this. Continue. Baby. Yeah. Um, but sometimes there are player boards where your most uh, beneficial action, which is possibly a thing that you can do the, the cheapest and uh, most profitably, you don't have access to, which means you have to jump through a bunch of hoops to kind of get through it. And when we played on Saturday, I know my board was like that. I think Joel's board was like that. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Kayla's board was like that, was it? I don't remember. Yeah. Well, she came out on top, or she came out all right in the end, so I don't think it was, it was quite too bad. Yeah. But Who that's... That game. While Jack walked away with that one, just uh, I I wouldn't say walked away. Actually, it was still it's it's all generally speaking pretty close. Like when you're talking about just a popularity bracket being the difference between Mm -hmm. because I think everyone was just if they it's a huge difference. That's what I found in the game I played last night.
3: mm -hmm. Was Chris in the in the last turn before I decided to end it he had gotten into the final track by just one point, And I yeah. realized that that's, at that moment, I was like, "Even I have to end it now because he's only going to get farther. Yeah. But this is probably going to seal the game for me because it just it amplifies all the scoring you get.
0: Yeah, and that's where I think, if you were to play the game more and more, it's the, I think the aggression cranks up the more mm-hmm. you play it because you stop playing it as like solitaire or agricola or something <clears throat> like that and you actually want to send your mech in and start attacking <clears throat> people and taking resources and creating opportunities that you wouldn't normally have. Well but. it's
3: interesting because that's that's sort of along the lines of the epiphany uh, that I sort of had with the game mm-hmm. uh, which it sort of came back to the way that I enjoy playing games. There's, there's two different ways uh, that I find that I play games. One is uh, the way that I generally play Scythe uh, which is just sort of focusing on my own game mm. and just seeing how well I can do basically me versus the game. Like, how big of a score can I mm-hmm. can I end with? How many points can I accumulate? Yeah. And I'm barely even paying attention to what the other players are doing until such points as their their movements start to intrude upon my plan. And then yeah. I sort of wake up and I'm like, oh, whoa, things are going on. But I find that <laughs> uh, with those games, even if I lose, I'm still pretty happy because it was just me versus the game in reality. Uh. But then I'll also play that game sometimes where it is it's very much... Uh, I focus on my own game half the time, but then I'm also focusing very heavily on what everyone else is doing because in order to win you have to be well aware of what everyone else is doing and basically keep them from achieving their goals. Right,
0: and that's where it comes into the fact of like how proactive you're going to be. And Scythe it, likes to pretend it's a war game, but it's not. But the war game side of it comes through when, I think, when you this epiphany that you're talking about is when you actually want to start interfering in other people's mm-hmm. plans because, like you're talking about, Rusviet, you're, they're going to stomp all over you if you let them just keep doing whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But the second you start to put a mech next to them and scare them, Oh, he hasn't been picking up uh, attack cards. You've gotten your upgrade mm-hmm. for a negative 2 attack right away. You're so you're scaring him every time. That's powerful. And then you can kind of Yeah, s- it starts to allow you to like dictate the way that the
3: game's going to be played at least when you have smaller numbers of players, exactly. you can control the control the board and that actually it changes the way that the outcome feels for me uh, when uh, when I play a game like that, if I if I don't win, I feel a little more frustrated because I was I was really invested in defeating other players as much as
0: winning myself yeah that's a good way to put it you're just not uh, again it comes down are you playing solitaire are you playing other people Mm -hmm. it's easy to fall in that trap with scythe of not looking and to be honest when you've got five other player boards to pay attention to in a multiplayer game it's tough to sit there and examine everyone's moves and
2: i know that's what you're doing though jack
0: <laughs> keeping track of what everyone's up to
2: I assume because we always get back to your turn and you don't know what you're going to do so oh I think I've gotten
0: alright in Scythe you can, you can back off on the AP uh, trash talk <laughs> <laughs> was that a like the, the Jamaican horn thing you were doing <laughs> <laughs> nice I do a vavuzula <laughs> no no <laughs> um, alright so that was Scythe on, uh, for John Uh Joel, what have you been playing recently? There's going to be some overlap if you're not oh, careful. Oh, I got to play Unfair, which was awesome. Did you actually enjoy it? I'm curious. because Yeah, uh, I really loved
1: it. I think, uh, you know, you, it's a different kind of game. It's yeah. not a game. I, I can't think of very many games like that. Like, Can you think of a couple examples of a game like Unfair?
0: Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Uh, well, not directly. I love the theme. I think it, the theme for me is what really pushes it. But it's a tableau builder in the sense of like, I think it's actually closer to probably Race for the Galaxy, if anything. Uh, if you're to reduce it to what it is, you're you're drawing cards and you're trying to get the resources to put the cards out. So you need to generate income, and you're pushing, uh, r- pushing. You're comboing the thing, comboing into stuff essentially. Yeah. So I guess Race is the closest. And Jack, I've I've talked with you about
1: enough games to know that one of the things you really love in a game. Mm-hmm is when you've created something. Absolutely physically see that in front of you. So when you've got this very awesome ride <laughs> with all these cool enhancements yeah. and vending machines and air conditioners yeah. and comfy seats, man, what more could you ask for? It's adorable.
4: It's, actually, yeah.
0: and especially, it's so cute. And especially when you get to see like, people kind of, and it can be cheesy, and I guess it depends what you're trying to get out of the game. If you're sitting there trying to play it like a robot, and it's like, point, 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 game over, I have won. Or you kind of just stop and you look at it and you appreciate the absurdity of what you've created. Like when Mark, for me, when Mark was going and making jokes. About his uh, gangster robot casino <laughs> with its uh, swimming pool and things, to me that it made me smile because that's the sort of stuff that kind of gets lost in these super dry euros that uh, occasionally you just you you disconnect from it. It's just a, like mechanical pieces moving. Yeah, what was the name of your
1: special ride?
0: Mine was the Robopocalypse Apocalypse, like 2059 or something. <laughs> which I love that. Every time you got to use its power, you would. You have um, to announce it.
1: The Robo-pocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> What's John, up? Did you play in that
3: game? No, I unfortunately I had to go off uh, to to work at the board <laughs> at the bo- that
0: time. That that'll, that'll come I'll up in a bit. Yeah. We'll
3: put a pin in that.
0: <laughs> We're going to talk about John's date. Keep boarding. listening. <laughs> Um But so, but I'm glad you liked unfair because I was worried it, it did drag. That's the worst thing. Is this is the first time we had done it with five players? And I described it earlier as playing quickly. And with two players, I find it does go fairly quickly, especially when you know what you're doing. But with five, oh my God, it just like I, was it two hours? Did it feel like two
1: hours? It was about two hours. Oh, but you know, Lord. when you're new, you have a lot to think about. Yeah. And so while everybody else is taking their turn, I'm sitting there. And I still hadn't decided by the time my turn came up. Yeah. About what to play, and I think. Now that I've played around, maybe I'd play differently, but still it was re- just really fun to get into that experience and create something, like mm-hmm. you said. So I would give Unfair <laughs> just as good a rating. would you give it an 8 out of 10?
0: No, I wouldn't put an 8 out of 10. I'd give it a, like a 7, 7 out of 10. Out of 10.
1: I'd give it like... Uh, Three vomit bags out of five
3: <laughs> <laughs> Do they like, give you vomit bags at the fair Or is this just an airplane you know, Like thing? Vomit I bags would be something where you want a lower score
0: <laughs> No because you're having so much fun you're throwing up that's, Oh okay
3: that's they're not is. full vomit bags The rides are that good Yeah. 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 Um, Puking with
0: enjoyment And excitement I, th- I could see that I don't. Do people still vomit at theme parks? I, I'd like to enter, out of can, excitement. Yeah. So, if there's any person who has ever worked at uh, Wonderland or some sort of carnival, could you please talk to me? Give us a shout at well, the Android. Dungeon. Now, that's very.
3: Those are two very different things. Wonderland and a carnival. Carnivals, I think, have a, a lot of try. vomit. Just, <laughs> just like, a round in general. general. <laughs> Whereas Wonderland's a bit, a bit cleaner, a bit, you know, more refined. <laughs> We're gonna have some angry Carnies. Uh, <laughs> like, Why are you talking about my vomit like that? <laughs> the vomitorium.
1: The carny is...
0: community boycotts androids dungeon. <laughs> I, I played the Carny the other day. It's okay. <laughs> well, actually, let's let's show this. Um, Only we
1: can say Carny.
0: Yeah, they're our people. Okay, like, can you play or shill the uh, Instagram and? Uh, and the uh, Twitter account for us cuz you actually it, I'm going to admit it Kayla runs the Instagram account because I'm too incompetent to figure out how Instagram really works. I was wondering why there are so many photos of cats. Well, I'd okay. put those
2: there too yeah, if I could. Yeah, Jack but. could put those up there anyways. <laughs> uh yeah, so you should check out the Instagram account. It is Androids Dungeon
3: Androids?
2: Androids Dungeon CFRU. Uh we I'm pretty sure the Twitter account is the same. I actually don't run the Twitter it's, account. It's AD- That's why it's Inferior.
0: Well, you, well, I don't disagree with that. Actually, AD Radio CFRU, yes. uh, I think, is what the Twitter account is. So, if you want to harass us via uh, social media, that's fine. I, it's just nice to know you're out there. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Instagram <laughs> to our lone listener, our listener. The Instagram is great out.
2: though because we post photos of games that we've played. There yeah. might be an upcoming photo of Scythe from the weekend. Uh, there are photos of the. Cats, which is always a big one. <laughs> and we also post up to our stories. Like when we open Gloomhaven, we post oh, yeah, stuff to nice, the stories. Yeah. So there's some like live things too that you could check out. All right, good. Great.
0: Well, thank you, Kayla. You're welcome. Uh, so Unfair, Scythe, Kayla, what have you been playing recently?
2: Uh, well, I played both of those because I was with all of you this weekend. Hooray! Uh, but, <laughs> I also, Moving on. Uh, but I also played a game that uh, these guys didn't play, mm-hmm. which uh, its name is Sansusi?
0: I don't even know how you're supposed to pronounce it. It's the, it Basically, it's um, S-A-N-S-O-C-C-I. Sense yeah. it's, it was basically the, the Palace of Frederick the Great in, uh, mm. I think it was Prussia or uh, Austria-Hungary. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, you're dealing with uh, <clears throat> his gardens, mm-hmm. I guess. And it's kind of a neat little tiling game. But it's not really tiling in that you're building necessarily. It's not like Carcassonne where you're building yeah. a feature. You're kind of trying to build paths it's through the, the garden. The way I was describing
0: it for to nobles? someone was, it was like, um, I, I thought of it as like um, a very Euro-y Karuba in the sense of your, you've got a Ooh, bunch of... A tile placement game. Oh, yes. Joel's
4: yes. favorite. <laughs> but this
2: is not, this is kind of the it's, kind of tile game that Joel probably would not hate. It's not Kirkstones. You're not building features. It's not no. quite so... It's not as difficult. The
0: tiling is, is secondary to the yeah. main mechanic, which is you're you're trying to impress the the nobles that are crossing. You basically imagine you have a grid, and you have different colors and different sort of areas of a garden. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to put tiles, which are on a main board, onto the uh, your board. And each of your pieces have little pathways and. Uh, whenever you put them there, you have the option to move a noble. And as long as the noble can move uh, and through a path and end in the same column he started in, you get points based on how far he goes down, and he can never go back. So you're trying to maximize, because you could rush him right to the bottom and just take your six points, or you do three, four, five, six, and make a bunch more points as you go down. But you've got to keep in mind that you've only got basically 18 moves for the entire game to do so. And in order to get these tiles, you've got a deck of cards, and you always have two in your hands. And you pick one of them, and it'll have different colors associated with different sides of these tiles you can take. So it's not like you can just grab whatever tile you want. You're limited based on what the cards are telling you. So you're trying to anticipate which ones are coming up, but at the same time kind of twisting the game in your favor. Because if you pick a tile that you've already legally placed, you can turn into a wild tile. And then you can put it wherever you want with a couple of restrictions. And... It's it's very easy to sort of... I think we break the game in a sense of... It's it's not difficult to put the tiles down. It's a difficult time to sort of set it up properly where you're maximizing your points. So it's that's why I was thinking of it as like a consequence-free Karuba. And that there's no... You can screw up very... Uh, you can't really screw up in uh, Sensuchi, but it's very easy to screw up in Karuba and feel very bad about yourself. <laughs> but uh, It's a cute little Ravensburger game by Michael Kiesling who uh, partners with another guy called Michael Kramer... And you'll see them do a lot of famous games, Kiesling and Kramer, um, one of which Porta Nigra is a game about building a, a giant wall in Rome, but uh, we haven't got to that mm. one yet. Uh, but anyway, that's what we... I kind of hijacked yours, Kayla, but I was trying to explain yes, it to everyone. Yes, <laughs> I know you <laughs> did, did. Did you like it? <laughs> yeah,
2: it was good. I want to play again. Jack kind of did something that I didn't do, which was like take advantage of the fact that you can go into other rows and go to a different spot, which I will take advantage of. or I go into different rows I mean go into different columns and kind of move down and over yeah as long as you land in the column that you came
0: from exactly so it's pretty easy to get points it's just about kind of trying to make it as efficient as possible I guess in that game so anyway that was our uh, we I think we can all probably agree we had a lot of games this weekend and maybe not it was this week wonderful. But, but you got two games of Scythe in yesterday yes I did that's a well, lot of Scythe
2: we've done two games of Scythe back to back on a Saturday afternoon yeah on it's a Saturday
0: afternoon with two
3: afternoon. people it's, yeah, it's two fairly players, quick it's super when it's fast. already set up too
2: yeah yeah, it's fast with two players
3: when
0: you live with Chris there's no limit how many <laughs> Scythe games you'll play because he's yeah. always up for game so do you think if you we need? I feel bad Chris isn't here to defend himself but if you think, do you think if you had said Chris was played again he would have said one more Absolutely. <laughs> was he asking you
3: if you want to play another no, one? No, no, he he was polite enough not to ask, but I yeah, know yeah. he was not working today, so he, he would have absolutely <laughs> he have up all night. gone again. It was one o'clock when we stopped. Now, have yeah. you played Concordia with Chris?
0: I have not played Concordia yet, no. Yeah, I feel like that's something it's, maybe he uh, would be more interested in because he can solo Scythe, but I don't think, Joel, is there any uh, solo variants for Concordia at all?
1: Not that I know of.
0: Yeah. Because I'd be, I'd be uh, interested to see how he handles uh, bigger crowds with Concordia.
1: We need Clint to like call in and let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can probably program or step. write one. Our local Concordia expert.
0: Yeah, he's going. He's not here again. This is somebody else. <laughs> 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 not not that we're dumping on him at all, but uh, no, I think he we would-, would say that to them. yeah. To yeah. Them. I think he wants to, it was. I think it was Concordia and Terra Mystica that he wanted to go to the the states for that big tournament to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, which says a lot, but interesting. Um, all right. So on that note, I think we'll take a quick musical break and we'll be back in a second with a discussion with Mr. Fetima here about what it's like Hello. running a board gaming cafe. Stay tuned.
3: is loving
0: me. Yes, they are, John. Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 (laughs) FM. I I tricked John. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Too bad this is live, isn't it? (laughs) We're we're on the air.
2: Can't edit anything out. No, Hmm?
0: definitely can't edit anything out. What you just listened to most likely, was... Uh, Me saying things. John talking. He was hot mic Said some cr- incredibly offensive things, which...
2: We had to add those out.
0: I will not be welcomed back <laughs> to Android's dungeon. To Guelph. <laughs> <Canada>. To <Today laughs> <was> area. <actually Ontario. laughs> drafting the export documents back to Dutchland with you.
1: Are all the boardroom owners this <laughs> Uh...
0: That was uh, Roy, I think it's supposed to be Roy Cooter by Tortoise, uh, a band that I've kind of fallen in love with recently. Um, I don't know what you want to call uh, lo-fi, low-tempo, low-tempo, post-punk, something along those lines. It's pretty good. Uh, So like I said, we are joined in the studio today uh, by Joel Bryant, Kayla Campbell, and very special guest, John Athen Fediman.
2: hello. Ah.
0: Now, John is remarkable, not just because he's incredibly handsome and obnoxious, but well, thank you. he is one of the owners of, uh, I guess, one of the two uh, board gaming cafes in Guelph. Uh, so I'm going to just take let John take it away here and tell us a little bit about the boardroom and how you guys got started.
3: Alright. Um, so I guess basically, I fell into it uh, just by, by luck and happenstance and uh, knowing the right people. Um, basically, <clears throat> when I lived in Toronto several years ago, I, w- I discovered Snakes and Lattes and sort of discovered the whole concept of the board game cafe. And that was right around the time that I had also started to discover sort of modern board games. Up until that point, I was one of those classic types that thought it was just Monopoly and Scrabble, you know, why play board games? They're they're so simple and so boring. <laughs> yeah. I don't... there's better things to do, and then I was introduced to the Euro-style games and a lot of modern games and sort of realized how fun they were, and then when I found Snakes and Lattes, I sort of realized, oh, I could just open a cafe, and this would be my job, is just games. Uh, So that is uh, the mindset that I came to Guelph with about four years ago, and then just as luck would have it, a mutual friend of mine hooked me up with... Uh, three other gentlemen who wanted to open a board game cafe in Guelph, and they'd actually started to do a lot of the the business-related stuff that I had no idea about. I just thought I'd just, you know, find a space, have a pot of coffee and some games, and you're good to go. But there's, unsurprisingly, there's a there's a fair amount of legal work and business planning and things like that and finding money that you have to do. And they'd sort of started on that, but wait, were... Wait, wait,
2: wait. You don't just, like, grab some board games and a pot of coffee?
3: Apparently not. Call it a cafe? No. Huh. No, I, I know. I, it was shocking to me as well. It still is many, many a time, uh, but we can get into that a bit more, I guess, as I go through the the tale of the boardroom.
0: <laughs> Jeez, <you're laughs> don't make it sound like a Tales from the Crypt episode or something. <laughs> I or was Twilight thinking more Zone. like,
3: you know, an epic saga, not like a, a <laughs> horror story.
0: <laughs> we can have Joel's like, stringing a, a lute in the background mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. singing around.
3: But yeah, with, uh, with those other f- three gentlemen... Uh, we basically started to plan, and it was about a, a year's worth of planning and preparation with a few uh, roadblocks here and there. We had, at one point, um, one location that sort of fell through, and then we're fortunate enough to find a much better location after the fact, or after that incident. What was uh, the first location supposed to be? The first location, it was uh, it was one of the, the spots on Quebec Street. Um, um,
2: it was it used to be a, a floral mm-hmm.
3: shop, right? I, th- I think yeah. it may be again now. Oh, interesting. Um but yeah, it just it it wasn't going to work out at that spot. Uh, just uh there there were unforeseeable uh renovation costs that we we simply couldn't afford. Mm-hmm. So we we had to back out of that one and then fortunately found a Uh, Another spot that fit our budget Mm -hmm. and turns out to be a fantastic location. It's a 99 Wyndham Street North right next to the works, so right in the heart of downtown. One more time, John. Where are you? 99 Wyndham Street North right next to the works. And what's it called again? It's called The Boardroom. Okay, thank you. It's a Guelph's Game Cafe.
0: I have a bad memory. I I forget. Mm -hmm.
3: 99 Wyndham Street North.
2: Are you saying you've never been there before, Jack?
0: Where?
3: The boardroom, Guelph's Game Cafe, 99 nine, nine Wyndham Wyndham Street North. <laughs> <laughs> I miss
0: the e bar times.
1: Can you tell us how you got that hooked up?
0: Yeah, so that all right. We, that's like a good. Mm-hmm. So we, we're, I feel like we we might be skipping some steps here, but well, I mean, the the three of you
3: know a fair bit of the backstory just from knowing me yeah. for the last several years.
2: Yes, yeah, so then we're all good because we have one listener, and they probably yeah. We they're, know they're they from do, the UK. Yeah, <laughs> they're
3: they're super <laughs> confused right now. Um, but yeah, what Joel's alluding to is essentially uh, around the time that we, we got the location that we are in now, which is uh, 99 St- Wyndham Street North, Okay. Um, there was there was going to be about three to four months of renovations to get it up and running. It had at one point been um, Pond's photo source. So there was oh, a lot of work right, yeah. to do just in transferring of uh, business types. They were a, a regular retail. We wanted to be a cafe. There's a lot of work that had to be done. Our landlord was gracious enough to basically run all of the the, the renovation work for us. But it was about four months before we'd be even even the, sorry be even able to open. Mm-hmm. Um, but we sort of, through again, fortunate happenstance, ran into one of the owners of the E-Bar who was interested in hosting just board game nights. Hmm. And we sort of struck up a partnership with him where once a month during this off time, we would come in with a, probably about 200 of our board games to the e- E-Bar, set them up. And it would be a board game night where we would charge our standard $5 cover, get people used to the idea of that. Uh, and they could come and play games all night, and then they could just order food and drink from the e bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it worked out really well for both of us, and uh, yeah, those were those were good times. It was uh, sort of a you know a test run to see just whether or not people would be interested in this, and generally they certainly seemed to be, and sort of give us that first taste of what running a business would be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, obviously, when when we finally opened the doors, the business kind of evolved a fair bit from just you know being in charge of the games essentially like we had nothing to do with the food or drink and that's that was definitely i'd say the biggest learning curve was just understanding that we are a a board game cafe emphasis on the cafe because that is one of the main main ways that we uh we earn an income is Mm -hmm. actually when people enjoy our food and drink and order a coffee or a beer or a pizza with their games if they're Mm -hmm. just playing the games that's that's fantastic too but it's it's not as
0: I guess lucrative for us, you could say. Well, it's kind of like the uh, the movie theater, uh, I don't know, analogy of like, great, they bought a ticket, but I'd love it if you bought a seventeen dollar popcorn mm-hmm. and drink combo. Now,
3: you know? now let's <laughs> let's not like associate the boredom too closely with the the price gutting of a movie theater. <laughs> We're not nearly that bad, but uh, the model the model does stand. Add-ons uh, is what, yeah, I'm at, what I'm getting at. Add-ons and uh, the, the the place where you, you basically pay for the business is actually the the food and drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that, we are able to have over uh, 500 games at this point, which people across Guelph are able to enjoy. So that's that was the main reason that uh, most of uh, my partners and I, we actually wanted to get into it, was you know to have a, a community space with lots of fun games and just somewhere that people could could go and enjoy board games in each other's company. That was one of the reasons that i fell in love with board games in the first place what do we um, what do we like the most about game cafes
1: i think for me it's definitely i'll go first uh, it's for <laughs> handsome it's definitely, owners. that's what i love about um that. just being able to try out a game before buying it
3: yeah that's uh that's definitely one of the things for me is you know getting to getting to try those games that i i'm i'm too uh, i guess cheap or too poor to be able to just, you know, justify buying it without testing it first. Yeah. Uh, but it is also like I get to test it out with uh, a bunch of friends and, you know, have a, have a fun evening. Like we can go to the bar or we can go to a regular cafe and hang out. But eventually you run out of things to talk about. Especially whereas,
2: if you see those people all the time. All the
3: time. Whereas a board game does a fantastic job of breaking up the monotony of conversation.
0: Uh, some board games.
3: <laughs> it's true. It's true. It depends on uh, the group and what you're looking to get out of the, the experience uh
1: is um what is it cards against still one of your top games
3: it uh it came out i just actually did the tallies one of the things that i one of my personal favorite parts of working and owning the boardroom is i like to tally as best as i can the games that are being played throughout the year and i just finished my tallies for 2017 a whole year's worth a whole z- a oh, whole year's
0: worth okay here we go now
3: Man. this is some meat and potatoes info right here top 10 uh, I don't know if I'll remember all of those. Of course, it's on my laptop, which is elsewhere. But number one actually came in as Cards Against Humanity. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, I beat out Jenga what? by by one play Split. in the end. Jenga had a terrible December, uh, whereas Cards Against Humanity is the only game that we had that was in the top ten every month of the year. Jenga
2: is far superior to Cards Against Humanity. At least Humanity. it's a game. Cards Against yeah. Humanity has very limited... Like I understand why it's fun. People think it's funny. It, it is. But it has very limited playability.
0: Well, the joke of it is that when you play with, the, what do they call them, Rando Calrissian or whatever is yeah. the stupid, mm-hmm. the computer player wins mm-hmm. more often than not because it's just wacky random and it just mm-hmm. happens to work.
3: But I, I, like having seen this now for 12 months of just
0: Cards Against Humanity being
3: How played. How do you keep your hope up?
2: Numbers don't lie, Jack. I've, I've, numbers well, don't Well, I,
3: I understand a lot more now why that's happening and is exactly what you're what you're sort of alluding to here is that it's it's not even about winning or losing, it's about the experience and just uh-huh. laughing at the the hilarious yeah. cards experience you don't see very many people who consider themselves any any form of board game aficionado pulling out cards against humanity but what you do see is anybody who is new to board games feeling very comfortable and safe pulling this out because yeah. everyone they've talked to has said how hilarious and fun yeah, it is yeah.
4: yeah
2: i think you have to keep in mind jack that uh, while we appreciate what the board board game cafe uh, group of rest are Businesses model. does, yeah. The model, we appreciate what it does. It, we're not necessarily their target audience because we play a lot of different games.
0: Yeah, but the boardroom also has a lot of, like, I, I don't want to jump on John here, but they do have a bunch of, like, actual games on the shelf, yeah, too. Of course but all they I'm do. getting at is that the, and I understand exactly why games like Jenga and yeah, cards but are. Yeah, walking
2: in, it's easy, it's accessible. It's exactly. a great place to bring mm-hmm. your family, it's a great place to bring a date.
0: Yeah. Nobody wants to go in there, and like I, I feel so sorry. I, there's something to be warning on certain games, I think, at the boardroom to not play them with other people. Like, are you going on a date? Maybe don't play Agricola with your yeah. date if you ever want to see them again. Or. It
1: throws me back to when I went to that place in Saskatoon, and they had... Uh,
0: you're always uh, bringing up Saskatoon, enough of it.
1: Yeah, they have Food Chain Magnet just kind of thrown on a oh pile because people pick it up, think it looks really inviting mm-hmm. on the cover, and you realize it's a three-hour <laughs> game, you got to put it away. <laughs> three-hour brutal uh, game. John, give us a, a rundown. What else is on this top ten
0: list? So we've got cards, we've got Jenga.
3: Um, there's there's a couple of, of, I guess, the more modern... Uh, games are up there as well. You've got Ticket to Ride, Settlers of Catan made it up there. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, let's see, Scrabble was uh, was up there again. So again, one of those more nice. classic style games, good yep. family game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's definitely one of those uh, approachable ones where anyone mm-hmm. feels comfortable knowing it, unless you're dyslexic, <laughs> uh, which I apologize if you are for dyslexic pushing Scrabble. Uh, pushing Scrabble upon you. <laughs> uh yeah i'm gonna have to give it a, a bit more thought because now you've put me on the spot i can't think of any other one that's all right that's uh, we get the
0: gist here but the main, but main thing is that when you're when you're giving me that list it's like what we've all kind of been dancing around and maybe addressing directly or indirectly is that when most people are, are coming into the boardroom and they're playing games that they either know or are very simple and that's not this is not an elitist opinion or to say that there's nothing wrong with that um it's just to me like i think this was what Kayla's getting at if i walk into a board game cafe I want to look at something that's more interesting and if that but it changes in your audience right like mm-hmm. if you yeah. walk in there with six people are you gonna to try to pick up I don't know like are you gonna just randomly start playing Twilight Imperium probably no, I, not doubtful but mm-hmm. you want to probably play like yeah. a quick card game or maybe even something um,
2: most people going into the cafe are probably looking for something that's fun interactive and light like they've come in to have a good mm-hmm. time they're not trying to
0: walk away feeling sad
1: about not feeding their family <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What do you guys think about a game cafe as a place for a first date?
2: I actually think it's great. I think it's a good choice because there's something to do. Uh, First dates are super awkward. You never know what to talk about. No, they're always great. It's (laughs) true. Okay, well then, I'm having different first dates. Jack has had a lot of first dates
3: recently, so he's really enjoying them.
2: Yeah, it's possible. Who knows? Uh, But I think it's great because you definitely are... You have something to do. There's, like, this focus point that's you not really just, like, a And find out about the other
0: person, too. That's, it's not just... Yeah. Yeah. Like, how
2: competitive <laughs> are you? I need to weed this out right now. <laughs> if <It, it laughs> you does, don't take this seriously, you're
3: gone. It does seem to sort of... It's filling a, a void now, or not necessarily a void, but, like, the cliche of dinner in a movie is kind of fallen out of favor with a lot of people now, and board game cafes are sort of springing up as, like, the new thing to do that's mm-hmm. light and simple and not a lot of heavy commitment yeah. to it. I think
0: it's a great. Spot. <laughs> it's I, I agree, and when you think about what you do in a movie, and Joel and I have had this conversation a couple of times, is that like seeing a movie with another person that's that's nice, all right, like mm-hmm. it, it's fine. But when you when you reduce it to what it is, you both sat there in silence, staring at a screen for about two hours, and then you walked out and you you talk mm-hmm. about it after. Whereas with you're playing a board game period or at a cafe at least you're like you supposedly are going to be having a conversation yeah. with the other person there's you're... a bit
3: more interaction throughout the event rather than everything condensed to the end Yeah, but it's odd because I, I still have only ever gone
0: to a movie theater once by myself it's just it's unnerving for me I don't mind me. it actually I, it's,
3: I, just, I don't like it I
0: feel like a critic when I go in because I feel it's mm. just like I focus entirely movie it's not like I'm leaning over like hey Kayla did you see that <laughs> or looking at Joel like can you believe this crap mm-hmm. Just like it's fun
2: so, yeah. I have a question for you, John. Is that acceptable? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Go John. ahead. So... We'll take this mic back. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Get back, get back in your corner. I, I'm going to let you finish, John.
2: But, <laughs> but first, I'm going to go. So, John, um, I know that the boardroom follows Android's Dungeon uh, on Instagram. Oh. Yes, we, we do. I, yeah. bad. I, I yeah. No, which is awesome. We love it. Uh, I actually
3: uh, run the Instagram account. So, see? you and I are like yeah. business Instagram we buddies. we are. We're Wait basically yes.
2: We're pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... The boardroom often likes our photos, which we appreciate the support. (laughs) However, recently I noticed that we are one of our recent posts was for the game Broom Service. Mm -hmm. And then I saw this week in one of the boardroom's Instagram story or posts that you also got the game Broom Service. Did you get that because we posted it? Are you stealing our game? Not stealing. Are you taking our reviews into consideration when you're getting games for the border?
3: <laughs> this is a bit of a, a loaded question because I'm not really sure how to respond. I mean, what would you what would you like my answer to be? Because we can go yes. with that.
0: Cause the
2: answer is yes, you're yes, the yeah, then
0: yes. that Yes, and that's exactly what, what's going on. Also, okay. if we printed some stickers with uh,
4: some
2: copy, co-
0: copyright-infringing Simpsons artwork to <laughs> slap onto your uh, games with Android Dungeon recommends written in like the lowest quality font from MS oh, Paint, would that be... Excellent. So we can actually start uh, marketing? I don't know.
3: Oh, baby. Taking this to the mainstream.
0: Monetizing, Jack. Monetize-
1: Monetizing
0: our brand.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Android's dungeon brand.
0: Which reminds me, we are, uh, le- dedicated listener, we are working on getting something to listen to this at a time which isn't exactly when it's aired. Uh, You're saying 1
2: p.m. on a Thursday afternoon? 1 p.m. Is not on Thursday. Optimal time. Afternoon, which Wait, is Some not of us have r- meetings.
0: Which it's is not right 1 p.m.
3: right now on Thursday? It is Don't a, worry it's about a it, John. quarter
0: to two on uh, Thursday afternoon right now, I oh. imagine. Um, so pay attention because we will be letting you know about the opportunities to uh, listen to us through alternative means, but right now it is not there yet. But you will know. It'll we be know.
2: on our Instagram and on our Twitter.
0: Yeah, it'll be all over
2: the place there. I mean, their Instagram and Twitter.
0: So, a quick, quick little interruption there.
1: Just I chill. have one last question for John, and I'm not even going to stick around to f- hear the answer. I'm just going to so ask the question, and I'm going to walk out. So, I want us all to, to kind close our eyes and gaze into our invisible crystal balls, and I want you to tell me... <laughs> What do you see as far as the future of board game cafes go, I want to know is it is question. it gonna stay as the standard you know you pay your five bucks formula that every board game cafe has now, or do you see something else coming up?
3: Suppose I should let Joel walk away like he like he said he was going to. Is he
1: listening for the answer? Is, it, is his coat in here?
3: <laughs> yes, he's he going to the bathroom.
2: He's back. He's back. He came <laughs> back
0: to get his coat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so
0: don't, um, don't give the answer yet, uh,
3: he has to
2: wait uh, till the show, till he listens to the show again
3: to hear the, uh, yeah. to hear the oh, answer. Oh, that's how you're bolstering your numbers. Joel just yes. listens to his like, own like, show go on the show to listen to the show, no.
2: like numbers. Because I'm sure you get those things.
3: Yeah, numbers. <laughs> um that's an interesting question i'd say that uh i could see it sort of staying the same uh currently i i don't really see i i know there are a couple places that try to play around with the model but really that it's a tried and tested uh model it's very simple and it does at least sort of provide you with a a bit of again revenue i guess coming from the business perspective uh by having a, a cover charge there it does at least sort of Give you a little something for for your time and your troubles, and helps you to keep the lights on and the doors open. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I am seeing a lot more uh, creative uh, methods to sort of you know change it up a bit or try to try to create something different. Like uh, maybe you you buy a couple menu items, and now suddenly your cover is waived. Mm-hmm. Or if you if you pay the pay the cover, then you get a discount on the board games. That's actually something that uh, that we've been trying, and I've seen those sort of they they. They have varying degrees of success, I'd say, uh, because it it, I guess uh, to distill it down to its simplest form, I feel like it makes the the concept too complicated for a lot of, again, those casual first-time gamers who may be Mm -hmm. coming in. The idea of, okay, you pay a cover and now you can stay and play games, that's very simple, very approachable, something everyone can get behind. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then when you start to add in all these additional rules... I'd say the the board game aficionados they actually they they really enjoy that because <laughs> it sort of it turns it into more of a game like where yeah. you're finding okay how can I game the system how can I yeah. win at going to the board game cafe uh-huh. where again you got to look at the vast majority of your markets probably going to be the casual gamers who aren't going to understand that complexity.
0: Yeah. My question was going to be earlier, kind of relating to this, and I feel like we've been talking a lot about the casual audience because those are the people that you're really kind of catering to, in a sense. Not catering, but they're the the majority of butts and mm-hmm, seats. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got this 500 game collection. Is that what it is? At the board?
3: Uh, we're we're pushing 600. Our goal Whoa. is uh, we we add in. Are uh, they all uh, sitting
0: on the shelf, or do Yeah,
3: they yeah, they're all sitting on the shelf as of as of right now. Our shelves are getting quite full. Yeah. Um, but we have not had to do any sort of purging. Uh-huh. That's um, good. But yeah, our Let goal... Let us know if you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do the sale. We did a sale, Jack. I didn't see you Those there. Those were new games. Oh, you don't want new games. You want old games? <laughs> well, Where the
2: pieces are missing? Come on, Jack.
0: Well, they've been well-loved. Like I the like
3: classic games. games or just like battered <laughs> games? I
0: like something that someone spilled 20 beers on.
3: I can spill right. a beer on it <laughs> if you'll <laughs> buy no, it.
0: Oh, we had
2: Joel spill... Beer on our Istanbul?
3: No,
0: it was wine. No, it was beer. It was beer. It was beer on Istanbul and he spilled wine on uh, Clash of Cultures, I think. So he spilled the two different you sets of you drinks. still <laughs> let him play your game. As long as well, doesn't we don't. Touch, We're uh, going to start
2: putting him behind a glass wall. Mm-hmm. Well, he, tuss- he can only touch put the his arm splatter
0: stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he has to- uh, Like one of those nuclear <laughs> testing <laughs> things he gets to play like that. No, I feel like you'd be clumsier. He's going to spill more
3: stuff. No, well, you keep the drinks on the other side of the glass oh, with him. Yeah. And he only gets to put his hands on yeah. yeah. the gloves to, the to play. Into
2: We just need a better game table.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: that's the dream. Till When I get some room. Um, my question was going to be though, you've got these five hundred games, mm-hmm. um, and we've already talked about the the fact that Jenga and Cards Against Humanity are always selected. But mm-hmm. um, of those games that are there, which which ones do you feel like people could? Um, so let's say there's a, someone who's listening says I want to play different games I want mm-hmm. to learn something heavier mm-hmm. but nothing that's going to knock me down but if I walk into the boardroom what should I pick up that's going to steer me slightly in the cruncher direction without scaring me or ruining my date night? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very
3: good question. I mean that that is I'd say again I could I could I could spend hours talking about the the adventure that is small business ownership and running a board game cafe but. Uh, just to touch on one of the other, I'd say the the major learning curves or things that uh, myself and all the other owners sort of came through with this whole thing is, again, when I started, I was just thinking, oh, all I have to do is have games, yeah. and I get to teach games all day. That's the business. That's not the business. That's the fun part of the business, but you have to actually have a fully functional cafe yeah. to keep the doors open. Um, but that is now it's sort of, I'd say, like that is the, the joy of the day-to-day operations is when you get those customers that come in or when you can sense that someone is interested in more than just Jenga or Cards Against Humanity. And it's not every customer is like that. So it is it is a bit of a challenge. But when you get one of those customers who is interested in learning more games, that's that's the most fun part for myself and for I think all the other owners, they could attest to that as well because that really hits on our Main reason for wanting to open in the first place was to share our love of games mm-hmm. uh, with people. But in answer to your question, uh, we have we have a couple shelves that sort of they act almost as a as a gradient that goes from your light classic party games into the really heavy strategy stuff like the Sides and the the um, Twilight Imperiums we were mentioning before, and uh, the casual games and the light strategy that we sort of have in the middle there. I'd say are are great picks like you got a lot of your classic ones like settlers of Catan. a lot of people have th- there's the name recognition and it's fairly easy to teach ticket to ride i'd actually say is a is a, a far superior one at this point it's a, it's a bit simpler and it's a lot more family friendly dominion is an interesting one Ooh, that'd you be kind of love Dominion. if, if you, if you like the dominion, deck builders yeah. uh, anyone with a background in magic dominion. the gathering will definitely yeah. get in there for that one that's a good point yeah
0: well, this music signifies we are at the end of yet another episode of Android's Dungeon. But I would like to thank you, John, for sitting in for the first time and oh, for providing. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Yeah, love to have you back sometime back. and uh, give us some updates on. Will do. The boardroom and what games you're playing. 99 yeah. Wyndham Street North. 99 yeah. Wyndham Street
2: North. Boardroom. The boardroom. Check it
0: out. So until then, I'm Jack. I'm Kayla. I'm Jonathan. And keep and I'm listening. Joel. To, oh, <laughs> hi Joel. Keep listening, to CFRU, and check out the boardroom. Thank you.
2: This is Joel Gibb from The Hidden Cameras, and you're listening to CFRU
5: 93.3 FM.
6: What's the matter, Jenny? I don't have time for anything to be the matter. I've got three papers due next week and can't find the time to sleep, let alone to sit in the ER for three hours. Why don't you just head to the Midtown Urgent Care Clinic at the Chancellor's Way Medical Arts Center? What's that? It's the new medical center at 175 Chancellor's Way, right by the Chancellor's Way student residence. It's a walk-in clinic that can even treat medical conditions most walk-ins can't. And you don't even need a family doctor there to go. You can learn more at cwmac.ca. Wow, really? Yep. And they're even open weekday evenings and Saturdays, so you don't have to miss class. Amazing! Thanks! I'll head over to the Chancellor's Way Medical Arts Center right now.
5: Close to home. An eclectic mix of Canadian music on CFRU 93.3 FM. Thursday mornings at 7am with your host Tom Rydell. I'll even play that different Canadian song that you won't hear anywhere else on the radio. Close to home, Thursday mornings, 7 a.m.
6: If you have a local business, event, or initiative that you would like to promote, CFRU can help you out. Free public service announcements are available to all not-for-profit events and organizations, while for-profits have the option to choose from an ad package that is competitively priced to give you the highest quality ad at the best deals available. A staff member will guide you through the entire process and ensure that you are pleased with the final result before it is put on air. If you are interested in having an ad or PSA run on our station, please contact outreach at cfru.ca. For more information,
4: good evening. Welcome to the beautiful River Run Center here in Guelph on the traditional territory of the, the Mississaugas of New Credit. I'm going to do an introduction and introduce myself in my language and Tell you a little bit about myself, and I'm your MC, and then I will introduce myself in in my English name. Wabshkie Ogichadakwe Zanang, Indigenous Cause. Waba Anang, Indigenous Cause. Moose Dodem. Biktegong Nishnabeg Donjaba. Miigwich Gijemanito. Miigwich Gijemanito, Nishnabe Minilbematsuin. Good evening. I introduced you uh, to my spirit names, and I've asked a spirit helper to come with me here to give you some opening remarks, very brief opening remarks, because we've got a, a wonderful agenda this evening. And I'm called Mulaney in English. Mulaney, good child. I'm named after my dad, Delaney, and my mother, Melinda. So they halfed it up. They spelt it wrong, and then they called me Mulaney. So uh, it's spelled like Melanie, if you, if you had a chance to see the program. And I am a proud member of the IBA, which is the Iron Butt Association. And what that is is a 24-hour ride that you do on a motorcycle. In uh, You do 1,000 miles in 24 hours. So I, people always seem to remember that about my bio. <laughs> uh, so if you haven't read it, Go ahead and read it. And uh, In fact, I was in a, a fellowship program, a prestigious fellowship program I, I was in last year called the International Women's Forum. It's sponsored by Harvard Business School and INSEAD. And when I was selected, I was one of 35 women from around the world that was selected to participate in that program last year. And the, the selection committee came over to me uh, in Boston when we were there, and, and one of them said, where's the biker? <laughs> and that's, who, that's how she remembered me. So, uh, and In addition to being a proud uh, IBA member, I'm also Anishinaabe. Uh, the, the traditional territory that we talk about here, Mississaugas and New Credit, is Anishinaabe as well. Mississaugas and the Haudenosaunee, the neutrals, Inuit, uh, and, and I know that uh, others are going to speak to that tonight. And for me it was an honor to
5: Hello be everyone. Asked to to um, this event I I'm just and temporarily cutting this off um, because it began early. Uh, We are currently hearing a rebroadcast of the Guelph Lecture on Being Canadian from last year, from 2017, and um, this is in anticipation of this year's Guelph Lecture on Being Canadian, which is uh, taking place in the very near future. Um, People are encouraged, uh, will be encouraged, to uh, attend this year's Guelph Lecture on Being Canadian at the River Run Centre, being presented by a variety of local organizations. Uh, it's taking place. Um, I'm just looking um, online at this point. Taking place Friday, January 19th uh, of the year 2018 at 7 p.m. Uh, now, uh, we're going to uh, rebroadcast what we just started to hear in a few moments' time. Uh, again, the reason why we cut that off is because it accidentally began a little bit earlier than it was supposed to begin. Uh, we apologize for that. Um, here are a few brief promotional breaks, and then at the hour, we'll return to what we were just hearing. Close to home. An eclectic mix of Canadian music on CFRU 93.3 FM. Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. with your host, Tom Rydell. I'll even play that different Canadian song that you won't hear anywhere else on the radio. Close to home. Thursday mornings, 7 a.m.
0: Extra! Extra! Read all about it in The Ontarian! The Ontarian is the University of Guelph's independent student newspaper. Hot off the press every Thursday. Get your free copy on campus and around Guelph or check us out online at www.theontarion.com Not enough Ontarian? Let's get social! Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Ontarian. Get on top of Guelph with The Ontarian.